Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Jarrett Johnson uh, is the publisher of InsideTheRaiders.com. That would be a Texas Tech, Lubbock, Texas uh, website. Uh, And he's been doing this for a while, and he covered the Cliff Kingsbury era in Lubbock, Texas, when Patrick Mahomes was there and a lot of other stuff was going on. Uh, He's had some good eras there. Uh, The Mike Leach era, certainly. Uh, during those years as well. He joins us right now, courtesy of our BetQL guest listener line. Uh, Beat the books, bet smarter, download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. Jarrett, thanks so much. You can follow Jarrett on Twitter, at Johnson Jarrett. So you covered the Cliff Kingsbury uh, era. He was a head coach for uh, a period of time in Arizona, and now he's back in the NFL as an offensive coordinator. What do you think Washington's getting in Cliff Kingsbury as their OC? Yeah, first off, thanks for having me on. And, yeah, I did cover uh, Kingsbury's era at Texas Tech. And, you know, I, there was a steep learning curve for him in terms of a head coach of a you know big college program, Power 5 college uh, football program. But I think offensive coordinator in the NFL specifically is a perfect fit for Kingsbury because several factors. A, that's what he loves, X's and O's, dialing up plays, getting his players uh, in space, getting his best players uh, one-on-one matchups, coming up with weekly game plans. Uh, he's, all, he's excellent at all of that. He's excellent at talent evaluation, uh, figuring out uh, what players – are are good first off and getting them in the best possible place for them, them to succeed. He's one of the only coaches to see what Patrick Mahomes could be. I remember talking to him about Mahomes was Gatorade player of the year in Texas and Texas high school football is no joke. So, <laughs> I, you know, I, that was a big deal. He was a great player in high school, but a lot of college coaches shot away from him because it looked like he was just running around and throwing it up. Uh, deep, but he, he kept having success, and then he kept having success in college. And I remember talking to Kingsbury about it in his office, saying, "You know, you're one of the only guys who saw what Mahomes could be, and I'll, you know, I'll be damned if he's not better in college than he was in high school, and now he's better than the NFL than he was in, in college." And Kingsbury was really one of the first people to see that, so he's great at all, at all those things. What do you think he saw in Mahomes that others didn't? Do you remember that conversation? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because uh, what's funny, it was keep, I started in this current position basically a couple months after Kingsbury was hired. The first interview I did, I was still uh, in the DFW Metroplex um, before I actually moved out to Lubbock. The, the 
current quarterback commit was turned out to be Patrick Mahomes. That was the first interview I did in the job. So I, that, that was uh, kind of interesting how that worked out. But that conversation went basically just what a great athlete and a winner. And I, I, Kingsbury really values quarterbacks who can create more time. It doesn't have to be, uh, you know, the fastest guy. It doesn't have to be Michael Vick. But he has to be able to create more time, at least move around the pocket um, when things break down, when, uh, when the pass protection doesn't, doesn't hold up or if the receivers don't immediately get open. He, uh, he likes guys who can think on the fly, uh, make plays you know, that, that aren't originally there. And he really liked the fact that uh, – I, I think he really liked the fact that Mahomes wasn't scared. I mean, one of the things I love that Kingsbury would say about Mahomes was the best play is just to roll the ball out to him and let him go be an athlete. I think some coaches try and control some players too much, and I think it's important to give really good athletes, and that's what we're talking about in the NFL, uh, a framework. But at some point you got to let them go play and go be who they are. Or uh, you know, or you're going to have problems. Um, he replaced Tuberville uh, when when he got to Texas Tech, correct? Yes. Which was uh, what three or four years after Leach? Yes, that's. I think that's correct. Yes, but but he his influence was clearly Leach. Um, I'm wondering, you know, uh, because we look, people in the NFL, people in football in general recognize Cliff Kingsbury to be, you know, an offensive guy and a quarterback guy. What kind of guy is he? What, why do people gravitate towards him? I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I, I did not think he was a good head college football coach at the time when he was at Texas Tech. Um, for a number of reasons. But in terms of as a human being, as a person, he might be the best human being I've met in the 20 years I've been, I've been a journalist. Um, the things he does for people, and it's not for headlines. As a matter of fact, there was a number of things he did at Texas Tech or in Lubbock that he demanded would not go public. I mean, begged, demanded, please, I don't want this to go public. I just did it because it needed to be done. And uh, whether it was the janitor um, who needed help, you know, uh, with kids' braces or a woman having a flat tire on the side of the road, him pulling over to help change her tire, you know, a senior citizen, or, uh, you know, funding for certain things around the university, he did it, and he did it behind the scenes. And another thing about Kingsbury is, you know, big setting like a press conference he's not the best and he he really uh does his best to kind of act like a robot to be honest Uh, he does not enjoy that kind of setting but one-on-one or in a small group like a like a team meeting group or a one-on-one interview he's one of the more fascinating people to talk about in terms of football uh just uh, it's some of my favorite things Favorite times I've had on the job has been with Kingsbury just talking X's and O's, talking straight football. So those are the reasons I think a lot of people gravitate towards him. I think that's a really um, in- it's interesting insight because 
I watched several press conferences uh, of Kingsbury's over the weekend uh, when he was at Arizona, and he wasn't comfortable um, necessarily in that environment. He also wasn't necessarily super comfortable in addressing the team in some of those, you know, victory speech videos that yeah. teams put out. But then I watched him because he did a, a, a radio show, weekly radio show. Um, when he was in Atlanta, and it was just him and like two other guys, and it was a totally different mm-hmm. uh, way. There was a comfort level there, um, and I think that's an interesting observation. And by the way, maybe one of the reasons he's better suited to be a number two or a coordinator, not a head coach. But getting back to the head coach comment that you made, he's not going to be a head coach here. Some of our our fans tend to get that uh, a little bit mixed up. He's coming here to be the offensive coordinator, not the head coach. So don't look at his head coach record. But why didn't you think he was a head coach, a good head coach at Texas Tech? I'm curious. Uh, well, first off, he was young and uh, he, he actually admitted himself. Like he got to his office and he's like, now what do I do? Uh, he was offensive coordinator at A&M and did a great job. He had Johnny Manziel and he, uh, and obviously, you know, had a lot of success. Um, but he kind of skipped a couple steps in my opinion, in terms of getting to the head coach and especially at that level, uh, you know, the power five level. Uh, but, he wasn't great in recruiting. Um, he's not the biggest disciplinarian. I think he treats most, even college kids, kind of like adults. And some guys are self-motivated, but a lot of guys aren't, especially college kids. I know I wasn't uh, as, as much as I could have been or as much as I am <laughs> now and would, would right. be. Uh, and so I, it just a lot of those things did not work out. And another thing is the, the defense – uh, you had Mahomes, and Mahomes was great. I mean, I, they didn't win, or he would have been uh, he would have been a bigger deal in college. He would have been like Johnny Football, but it was because they had the worst defense, um, yeah, like ever in college football. And I think part of that was just building a staff. He didn't he didn't really have a great network in terms of doing that. So, but in terms of offensive coordinator, if I'm look, I'm, I'm gonna be honest. I, I know a lot of journalists try to say, oh, I'm, not, I'm not a fan of anybody. Well, I think that's a joke. I mean, well, most of us became sports journalists because we're sports fans, grew up. I'm like fifth-generation Dallas guy gr- growing up. I'm a womb-to-the-tomb Cowboys fan. Getting Dan Quinn as head coach and Kingsbury's offensive coordinator, if I was a Commanders fan, sorry, I still call them Redskins, if I was a Commanders fan, I would be ecstatic about those hires. I really would be. Don't you miss Redskins Cowboys as a great rivalry in the NFL? I do. We do up here. <laughs> yeah, um, yes. Uh, okay. So uh, we are talking, by the way, to Jarrett Johnson. Jarrett, Jarrett covers Texas Tech football, um, covered the Kingsbury years, the Mahomes years uh, down in Lubbock. By the way, those teams I remember. I mean, the the, the points and the prolific passing numbers, they yeah. just couldn't stop anybody. There were several Big 12 teams that were kind of cut from the same cloth, right? You know, uh, you'd have 66, 62 you know, games all the time. And, that, and by the way, the offense with Case Keenum that he had at Houston was unbelievable yeah. when he first got into coaching. So, two things. One, his NFL experience as a head coach working with Kyler Murray, now he gets a chance to just focus on the offense. Does he bring 
air raid with him, is that the kind of scheme we'll see offensively with him as the offensive coordinator? Well, Kingsbury has his own stamp on it uh, in terms of it's not the true like Mike Leach air raid that he ran at Texas Tech. Uh, but it, the, some of the principles in terms of getting players in space, um, getting one-on-one matchups down the seam, uh, he excels at that at that kind of thing. And I do think you'll see that. You'll see uh, – you'll have to see what quarterback you end up with. You know, is it going to be Caleb Williams? And that's I'm, that's out of my wheelhouse when we start getting into that in terms of who the, who the, Reds, or who the commanders are going to draft. Uh, but, I, you know, I do think you'll see a lot of elements of the air raid and spread offenses. But, we, I mean, we're really seeing a lot of that in the NFL and have for a while uh, anyways. Kingsbury's not the only one doing that. One of the things I was looking at just briefly last night, just the, there's there's some similarities in people. I'm I'm going to throw us back to the Spurrier era when he had the fun and gun, and he mm-hmm. came into the NFL and he was the coach here, as you remember, Jared, as a Cowboys fan for two years here in D.C. And there was really an emphasis on getting every eligible out into the pattern, which really impacted their ability to protect the quarterback. He had Patrick Ramsey at the time. Um, that was a Dan Snyder pick. He had, you know, uh, in a, a couple of the Florida guys um, first, but um, it, it, he got his quarterbacks absolutely murdered. Um, and you know, Kyler Murray was under duress a lot of the time when he was the head coach there. Do you see that being an issue? You know, fewer tight ends, fewer emphasis, less emphasis on protection. And let's get the ball out of the hand of the quarterback real quickly to to receivers, fast receivers in space, and let them make plays. Do you see that as kind of the overall style? I do. I think Kingsbury has evolved. I, you know, if you cover a team or a beat, you you get tunnel vision. So I, I mean, I didn't watch all of uh, Kingsbury's games, sure. but I, you know, I, I covered Kyler Murray in high school back in the day too. Uh, so you know, I did. I obviously I watched. Arizona more than I uh, just any other team and yeah I, I think Kingsbury's evolved some to the NFL game uh, which I'm not surprised he's very intelligent I mean that's the first thing I should have said about Kingsbury uh, so I, he's adapted some but no I think that's a basic principle in terms of you know putting a lot on the quarterback trusting the quarterback to make the right reads to see the, the blitzes that are coming know where they're coming from, know who should be open immediately. And, I, yeah, I, I would expect that for sure. I don't know about quarterbacks getting killed necessarily, but uh, hopefully your quarterback was able to read it. Um, that I can't speak to the old ball coaches era back in, uh, back in the day, but yeah. I, I, do, I do remember some of that. But, uh, man, that was a long time ago. Uh, yeah, it was. But it was fun. I mean, it was great having him. He was quite the quote machine, um, but wasn't oh, yeah. necessarily interested in coaching uh, at the NFL level. All right, last one. You said it's out of your wheelhouse, but given that you followed Cliff Kingsbury throughout his career, uh, what Washington's got number two overall, Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, Drake May. Do you think he'll have a preference? Oh, yeah. I mean, I would hope so. You know, I, I don't I don't know how the personnel department works, uh, you know, for the commanders or now, you know, obviously the new coaching staff and all that. But uh, if if I were a general manager or owner or all that, a head coach, I would want my offensive coordinator to be very interested in and give a lot of input in terms of who the you know the future of the the franchise is because it's it's quarterback head coach. 
and then everything else from there, right? I mean, basically in the NFL. Uh, at, after that, it's figuring everything else out. You know. Uh, well, do you think he'll off. have a preference specific, like of one of one of the three? Well, he worked with Williams, so you know USC, so that would make sense. So, and he's a pretty loyal guy, so I would think, yeah, I would think Caleb Williams. Jarrett, thanks. I don't want to speak really, for him, but yeah, yeah, really appreciate it. Um, sorry about the Cowboys getting, you know, uh, absolutely <laughs> embarrassed in that game. <laughs> hey, I mean, at least they made the playoffs, right? You know, there used to be a day where a lot of us <laughs> would have been just absolutely in hysterics and, and thrilled about it. It doesn't feel the same anymore, but I got to tell you, watching that day, even though we ended up getting the defensive coordinator that allowed 41 points, um, that was. <laughs> That was stunning, um, and I don't know, sort of, kind of typical of a Jerry own team. Uh, expectations high, fall short. Sorry, um, but yep, yep. But thanks for I doing was disappointed. this. Hey, thanks for having me on. And you know, I covered a. It was a Redskins at the time. Redskins Cowboys Thanksgiving game in Arlington, where RG three tore up the Cowboys. That was another disappointing. Uh, for talking about disappointing. <laughs> Cowboys, Commanders, Redskins games. Uh, it's okay to say period. Redskins, Cowboys game. That was a Redskins, Cowboys game. Right. So right. Uh, you know, I I have not lost a sense of of history in referring to the team that actually was the team when they played that game. You know, that was the first time Washington had beaten the Cowboys on Thanksgiving Day. Um, yeah, I remember. And, yeah, and that was a memorable game for all of us. A memorable season that. Obviously went south after that, and one of these one of these days, I think we 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 will be getting the thirty for thirty on RG three. Uh, Jarrett, thanks so much. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It was, it was a blast. At Johnson Jarrett on X. All right, so Kingsbury. We spent yesterday talking primarily about Dan Quinn. What is your reaction to Cliff Kingsbury being the offensive coordinator? You just heard Jarrett Johnson. He's a big fan. You heard Patrick Mahomes at the Super Bowl. He's a big fan. Um, Cliff Kingsbury is going to be the offensive coordinator. Uh, Your reaction to that? Uh, Graded out, how did Dan Quinn do with his first coaching hire? Which I do think was collaborative with Adam Peters. 301-230-0980. We will open up phone lines. Cliff Kingsbury reaction. Kevin Sheehan Show, Team 980. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. 
Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So what is the reaction to Cliff Kingsbury? Yesterday, we did a lot of calls on what you thought of Dan Quinn, you know, after kind of calming down over the weekend to a certain degree. And then we had the introductory press conference. By the way, I don't know the answer to this, Denton. I should have asked um, uh, Washington PR, Sean, because I I talked to him this morning about whether or not there will be a press conference for Kingsbury and Joe Witt Jr. Will there be? Do we know that or not? I have not received an email from the PR, but I can reach out to see if that'll happen. I'll text Sean during the next break. Just uh, remind me to do that. Because last year, as you recall, we had a rather, you know, it was very celebratory. It was very um, almost head coach-esque press conference for Eric Bieniemy. Now, there wasn't a head coach, new head coach hired, and there wasn't a new defensive coordinator hired. That was the only big new hire of the offseason. So they held a press conference for Biennemi. But it felt very much like, um, for a lot of you, uh, the anointing of the next head coach. And it was treated more like a head coach press conference. But again, to be fair, there was no head coach. Uh, the, the head coach wasn't new, and the defensive coordinator wasn't new. So it was a way to, you know, prop up uh, Eric Bieniemy and the hiring of Eric Bieniemy and keep the team in the news, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know if there will be a Cliff Kingsbury or a Joe Witt Jr. press conference, but I, I look forward to it. I thought the Jarrett Johnson comment was a very interesting one about um, Kingsbury being more of a guy that's incredibly persuasive or an outstanding communicator one-on-one versus being in a large group. I went th- this weekend, um, I, I watched, I, I was actually trying to pull sound for the show, Denton, and I didn't find anything that was really worth it because he wasn't the best in that victory speech post game. Um, he wasn't great in a press conference, but where he was good was more in that, you know, small studio of a Monday following a game or Tuesday, whatever day they had him on in Arizona as the weekly radio guest. And he was much better there. And Jarrett Johnson unsolicitedly, unsolicited said, that's where he does well. And that's what a coordinator is more, you know, it's more incumbent 
on a coordinator to be great in a small group than a large group. He doesn't have responsibility over the whole team. So, again, those of you that are down on the Cliff Kingsbury hire for whatever reason, you know, let me just remind you, he's not being hired to be the head coach here. He's being hired to be the offensive coordinator. All right, Ace Law listener lines open at 301-230-0980. In a wreck, Ace Law helps you get a check. Call 8888-ACE-LAW. We have shared our opinions with one another about Dan Quinn, both after the hire and then after the introductory press conference. What do you think of the hiring of Cliff Kingsbury to be the offensive coordinator uh, we do have a phone line or two open right now uh, if you want to weigh in at 301-230-0980. Let's start with Cliff in D.C. Cliff, go ahead. Uh, good morning, Kevin. Um, it's going to be wait and see because how the fans were when uh, Earth Bienry was calling the offense this past season, the fans wanted to see them run the ball more. And like I was just listening to the guy that you were talking to, um, you asked the question, was the guy going to bring air raid here? If he's another pass-happy coordinator, then he's no better than Earth Bidemi. They're the same type of offensive coordinator. And I'll sit back and listen. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think I mentioned this yesterday. Um, in the best season for him as a head coach in the NFL, which was at Arizona when they went 11-6, and lost a playoff game, lost it embarrassingly so, um, they were offensively traditional numbers. They were 10th in the NFL in rushing, 10th in passing, overall 8th offensively. Um, they were 7th in the league in rushing attempts. Uh, and in, the, in pass attempts, they were actually 18th in the league. And in looking at the breakdown between pass attempts and rush attempts, it was 54-45. So it was nowhere near the 70-30 of this past season. So his most successful season as an offensive coordinator, he had James Conner rush for 752 yards and 15 touchdowns, and Chase Edmonds rush for 592 yards and two touchdowns. So the two running backs combined – uh, for 1,344 yards and 17 touchdowns to finish 10th in the league in rushing. So if that's an indication, his best year in Arizona, he was not pass happy. Uh, let's go to Brian in Alexandria. Brian, your reaction to Cliff Kingsbury being the OC. Go ahead. Hey, good morning, Kevin. Um, I, I, I'm – I'm cautiously optimistic about it. I like the fact that he gets to focus just on offense. What I really like, though, is the asset that I assume he'll be to Peters and the evaluation of all three of these quarterback right. draft right. prospects. I imagine that Peters would invite him to a, into the room with them and evaluate them and maybe be able to point out some blind spots spot, about the position that Peters may not even think about. And then secondly, Kevin, I'll say this and hang up and listen to you. This whole thing kind of feels good to me overall from Peters to Quinn. Very, what would kind of finish it off for me on the offensive side is if we hear of a veteran NFL offensive line coach joining his staff. Um, so thanks for taking my call. I'll take a listen. Uh, that's a really good um, point. Uh, the rest of the staff, which I think we'll have finalized and much more information when we get to this time next week, uh, but 
yeah, you know, a really good offensive line coach, and then some really good decisions in free agency and in the draft to address offensive line. In Kyler Murray's first season in 2019 uh, with Cliff Kingsbury as the head coach, he was sacked 48 times. Now, the the rest of the way, not that bad. He was the rookie of the year, keep in mind. Kyler Murray was the rookie of the year, his first year in Arizona and Cliff Kingsbury's first season as the head coach. He threw for 3,722 yards. It was 20 touchdowns over 12 picks. Um, He had a fairly low interception percentage uh, rate, um, but he was sacked 48 times during the year. Now, he rushed for big-time yardage that year. Uh, Rushed for 440 yards, Kyler Murray did that year. Um, But everything improved significantly the next year. He threw for basically 4,000 yards, his best year of his career. He started all 16 games that year, Kyler Murray did. 26 touchdowns over 12 picks uh, and took 27 sacks a year after taking 48 and made the Pro Bowl. Keep in mind, he was Rookie of the Year and then Pro Bowl in 2020 and then in 2021 when they had their best season. Now, when they had their best season going 11-6, and six, uh, Colt McCoy started a couple of those games um, for Arizona when, um, when, when Kyler Murray was banged up. But I, I, I've got to tell you, I don't see a comp between Kyler Murray and any of the three quarterbacks that they might take at number two or a trade-up to number one. I still, when I watch Kyler Murray, see a guy that is too small and just doesn't see it because of that height. He's incredible off schedule, incredible creativity, um, but you know, at 5'11", it would be better if Kyler Murray were 6'3", and then he might be great. I think his size has impacted him as a quarterback in the NFL. Uh, let's go to Kevin. Kevin. Reaction to Cliff Kingsbury. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I'd like to talk about him. I'd also like to propose a draft scenario that he depends on, that he's the key. First of all, I think he's a good hire, and I like him because of his varied experience. He's been a head coach. He's been on the college level. He, he, he's an offensive mind. I don't think you could have brought in someone who has never been an offensive coordinator and have it work. I think you have to have someone with great experience to make sure this offense goes. So I, I, I don't know what happened with him and Murray and who was at fault there. That That's a little troubling, but I don't think he's going to have to worry about that uh, in this scenario. Now, my, my draft scenario is something that's not been talked about. But if we cannot get Caleb Williams, if Chicago says we're going to take Caleb Williams, I say we trade for Fields, and then we trade back our number two pick and get more picks because everyone will want number two for the next quarterback or for Marvin Harrison or for someone, and we recoup. So we only have to give up a second-round draft pick for Fields, maybe a, another pick later. Fields is more advanced, I think, than Daniels or May. And I think that Kingsbury could get the best out of him to have him reach his potential. I think that's, that would be a brilliant move. It would be criticized, but I think in the long run it would work. That's my, that's my scenario. 
No, I appreciate it. I, I We have talked about the possibility of trading for fields and then what you could do with number two by moving back. But I don't, you know, I'm I'm not opposed to that. But the only reason I'm not opposed to that it comes with the assumption that they don't love any of the three guys that would currently come in on a rookie deal. Because with Justin Fields, you're going to have to immediately pick up the fifth-year option and then you're going to have to pay him. Um, and I do like fields. I like fields coming out. Um, I still believe that there's something to Justin Fields with the right offensive setup for sure. Uh, and, but I would not want them to make that move if there is a quarterback there that they really believe has a massive upside. You know, and I don't think they would make that move. They'd only make that move if a the only guy they could get is Caleb Williams. Um, the the only guy they they couldn't get is Caleb Williams, and they liked him in Chicago was going to draft him, and they didn't love Daniels or uh, May. Let me just say real quickly, just because I've been spending a little bit more time on this, um, kind of loserville over the weekend watching May a lot more than I had during the regular season. To me, the order is Williams, Daniels, and then May. And William, and this is without the understanding of whatever will be revealed when it comes to the stuff that we won't have a chance to be involved in, which is due diligence with people that have been with these quarterbacks, the interviews with these quarterbacks, etc. Um, not knowing anything about any of that stuff. To me, the order is Williams, Daniels, May. And I would bet that for Kingsbury, the order talent-wise and pro-ability-wise would be Williams, Daniels, and May, given what he prefers in a quarterback. Not to say that May isn't a, 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 mobile, a mobile quarterback. By the way, just quick subject change. Did you see the picture of the Carolina-Duke game with – Sam Howell and Drake May standing uh, standing next to each other on the court. Denton, have you seen that picture? Oh, I, I tweeted it out. I mean, look, you know, the angle of how the photo was taken could have impacted it. But no offense, Sam Howell looked like an eighth grader next to Drake May. To be fair, they both looked like middle schoolers just based on their outfits. But, yeah, Drake May was like five <laughs> inches taller than he I mean, Sam Howell's fully zipped a quarter zip. That's like fashion-wise, that's weird. Yeah, you can't fully zip a quarter zip. That's for sure. Unless you're by yourself and you're really cold. Um, but yeah, I. it's kind of what has been nagging at me with Sam Howell all year long. Not only to me is he small, he plays small. And that is not something that I, I think can get fixed. Um, but anyway, just an update as of February 7th. For me, the quarterback order would be Williams, Daniels, May. And I think Daniels is much closer to Caleb Williams than May is to Daniels. Back to the phone lines. What do you think of our guy Cliff Kingsbury? Samaj, Samaj, haven't heard from you in a while. Hope you're well. Go ahead. Yes, I am, Coach, and I hope the same for you and your family, sir. Yep. Good, perfect. Uh, hey, Coach, I- I'm pleased, dude. I mean, from from, from Myers. Uh, coming into the fold off of Harris and his group's uh, uh, discernment and uh, research, right down to the three-headed monster that we have and the GM coach. 
and and OC. Uh, I'm pleased, um, and it definitely points to uh, Caleb coming coming back home to the uh, to the DMV, and I'm pleased with that because I've been saying for two years. He's the closest thing to Pat Mahomes that I've ever seen, and I've never seen anybody like Pat Mahomes before Pat Mahomes. And Caleb is the closest thing to Pat Mahomes that I've seen, and I watch college football, um, you know, fairly. I watch more college football than the NFL. And uh, Williams is, yeah, if there's a tie-in to the OC that's already kind of in place, yeah, I'm, I'm good with it all the way around. Only thing they got to do now, Kev, is get the name right. That's the last thing, and, yeah. and I'm going and I'm to I'm push for it every time I call. Because I just think it just rings, and I can just see and hear the crowd, especially on a primetime game. I can see and hear the water cooler talk on Mondays and Tuesdays. It's the Washington Wolves, man. Thanks for taking my call. Have a blessed one. All right. Appreciate it, Samaj. Yeah, Caleb Williams is special. There's no doubt. It's all the other stuff that's going to be important. He plays more like Mahomes than any of the three by far. He is the guy that plays in a way in which Jared Johnson, the Texas Tech guy that we had on last hour, says that Cliff Kingsbury loves to see in a quarterback. Um, but, man, uh, and my buddy Ted just said, uh, why do you have May at third and, and distant from Daniels? I just I didn't watch as much Carolina this year um, because they weren't as good this year. He, like Hal at the college level, I just think isn't the best and fastest processor. And then you end up with some bad decisions, some really bad decisions. And he's not anywhere near the – he's an athlete, don't get me wrong. Drake May is an athlete, and he can throw the football. But he's not the athlete that Jaden Daniels or Caleb Williams is. Uh, Bobby – in North Carolina, Bobby, Cliff Kingsbury reaction. Go ahead. Hey, Kevin. <clears throat> How you been, buddy? I've been well, Bobby. How are you? Good, man. Look, real quick on Cliff. Uh, I think it's a solid hire. Um, he's got experience. And, you know, I'm, you're talking about the quarterback position. You know, if Kayla Williams is all this, Kevin, we probably need to go swing big at him and go get him, you know. You're not going to be in a better position with the number two pick to go move up, you know, and swap picks and then whatever else they need. But if he's supposed to be all that, you probably got to go get your quarterback and let him and Cliff, you know, they've been together already one year <clears throat> from last year. Excuse me, I'm going to frog on the throw. So um, I'm all for it. Um, I'll actually, I think a lot of the Dan Quinn hire also hadn't talked to you since then. Another solid hire and. You know, they got professionals making decisions, Kevin, so hopefully we'll see results on the field. Hey, can I ask you a basketball question real quick? Sure. Where is the fan base at up there at Maryland? The place is half full last night again. What's going on up there with the fan base, man? There's well, no use at they're all. they're not a good team this year. They're well, not a good – yeah, they're – go ahead. Go ahead. Now, I know they're an iffy team. I mean, they don't shoot well, play good defense, but, I mean, it's just – very embarrassing to look on TV and see that place maybe half full last night again. Crazy. Yeah, I mean, look, um, Maryland didn't used to be a bandwagon team in this area. It has become that. You know, just yeah. it has become just like every other team in this market. It's bandwagoned. It's a bandwagon team. When they are good and they're playing a big time opponent, there's not a better atmosphere in town. 
You know, uh, when they are not good and they're playing at 6.30 on a weeknight against Rutgers, uh, you're just not going to draw a big crowd. You know, it's not the Gary years anymore. It just isn't. Um, You know, where you come out no matter what time it was, uh, what day it was, what the record was, although it was always good. But this is not a team the fan base is very excited about, as you know. Um, Let me ask you this, you've been a longtime fan like I have and went to school there. Have you ever seen a worse shooting team in the history of Maryland basketball? I texted somebody last night in the middle of the game, and I said, I think we are watching the worst offensive team Maryland basketball's had in our lifetime. I don't know if it's an exaggeration. I don't know if the numbers will bear it out. At the same time, they are a top 10 national defensive team. They are an outstanding defensive team. They they yeah. can't score. I mean, they had eight points with like eight minutes to go in the first half. It was crazy. Thanks, Bobby. Crazy. Appreciate crazy. it. As always. Uh, Paulie, finish it up for us. Kingsbury. Big guy, hail to the W. Hail to the W. Hey, look, you can't bring old baggage into a new relationship. And they're saying that I'm good with uh, Kingsbury. You know, I'm going to go to uh, Kyler Murray because that's his uh, professional resume. What he did with Kyler, we talk about Sam Howell being a small guy. Well, it doesn't get any smaller pause than Kyler Murray. Right. And I don't think you've seen any flaws, particularly in, in Kyler Murray's passing game out there in Arizona. Now, you know, his, his attitude and leadership, all that, that's, that's something with him. But as far as the fundamental of the passing game, I mean, you had to say that he was pretty impressive with what he was doing and what Kingsbury had him doing. And that was my whole thing from the beginning, why I wanted a defensive-minded head coach. Because I wanted an a, a offensive coordinator that can work particularly with the quarterback on a one-on-one basis. And from all sorts of purposes of what everybody's saying is um, Kingsbury is just as good as a quarterback coach as he is the offensive coordinator. Right. So, hey, I'm with you on on all this, man. I'm going to be critical about things. I'm going to give my opinion. But at the end of the day, everybody's going to get my benefit of the doubt. You know, and I'm going to add just one more thing in it off. Joe Witt, I'm glad there's no fanfare coming with Joe Witt. You know, it gives him an opportunity to get in there and, and coach and not have to worry about – see, there's expectations for Kingsbury. I don't right. think the defensive expectations fall on Joe Witt more than they fall on Dan Quinn. And I'll take that off, man. Hell to the W. Yeah, I think that that's right. I think um, the difference between, say, Joe Witt and Jack Del Rio, two big differences. One, Del Rio was a known name because he had been a head coach and he'd been in the, you know, he'd been a head coach multiple times. Number two was he was coming to run the defense. Ron Rivera was not a head coach who was going to be involved. He was a delegating head coach. Whereas Joe Witt Jr. hasn't been a head coach and he's working for a defensive head coach who's going to be intimately involved in the defense, even though he did admit yesterday he's not going to be calling plays. All right, uh, we'll get to some Denton news next. Kime at 12. We'll do some Super Bowl trivia next hour. Kevin Sheehan Show, the Team 980. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Hitting the news you might have missed. It's Denton's Daily News. All right, Denton, what do you got? All right, so we got a couple big stories, but I want to start with basketball last night. UNC falling to Clemson, a big-time upset for Clemson, who's unranked, taking down number three UNC after they beat Duke just a couple days ago. So two things about this game. I actually watched the uh, the end of this game uh, because it was right after the Maryland disappointment uh, against Rutgers. Number one is this. Do you know Brad Brownell, the head coach of, at Clemson, He's been there now for 15 seasons. This is his 15th season at Clemson. Um, That's amazing. Um, And it goes to show you that in conferences that tend to be basketball first conferences like the ACC, the few football schools, they just will let the coach stay there for as long as he wants. Now, I will tell you, Brad Brownell's a good basketball coach. He took UNC Wilmington in his first year to the NCAA tournament. That's uh, the team that Drew Nicholas beat at the buzzer in the first round of the NCAA tournament, one of the all-time great NCAA tournament first-round buzzer beaters. Uh, That was a Brad Brownell coach team at UNC Wilmington, first round. Terps were the defending champs that year. Went on to Wright State run uh, one big um, when I say one big, one every year. Then he was, he's was he been at Clemson since 2010. Since 2010. And he's been to the tournament, all right, at Clemson during his 15-year run three times. That's it. Three times. He got to a sweet 16 in 2018. So Clemson just, you know, it tells you just so how far down the pecking order basketball is at Clemson. Although anybody will tell you that Brownell's a really good coach, um, just hasn't gotten the results. Secondly, last night was just the second time Clemson has beaten North Carolina in Chapel Hill. That was one of the longest-running streaks in ACC basketball. They lost their first 59 games on the road, and Clemson's had some good teams. Um, they've had some very uh, good teams over the years. Uh, I'm trying to think. God darn, um, uh, I've got a Rick Barnes coach them, but the guy that ended up coaching at Auburn had a team that got to the Sweet 16 and lost at the buzzer to UConn back in like '93 or '92, something like that. Um, but anyway, uh, they've had some good teams. Cliff Ellis. Cliff Ellis, Rick Barnes both had good teams at Clemson, but they had never won at Carolina. That was one of the all-time NCAA streaks, 59 straight losses against Carolina. And now they've won two out of the last three in Chapel Hill, uh, including last night's 
um, win 80 to 76. As a team that's not good, this is not a great Clemson team. They were four and six in the ACC, and they beat Carolina. But they're two and 60 now, all time on the road. Um, by the way, it's their first road win against an AP top three opponent, Clemson, since they beat Maryland when Maryland was number two in the country back in 1976. So for a football program that's had some success in basketball, only the second time they've gone on the road and beaten a top three team. All right, what else? Uh, How about Brad Brownell's career, though? How many coaches? He's got a losing ACC record, and in 15 seasons, we don't know what will happen this year, has only been to the tournament three times, and he's just still gainfully employed at Clemson. Yeah, I couldn't have named him if you put him five dudes in a line. I would have never guessed who he was. Big news yesterday, though, ESPN, Fox, and Warner Brothers announced they are putting together a three-network streaming channel that will house a majority of these sports that you and I like. The price is still TBD, but this is, well, this feels like cable is what this feels like. Yeah, I'm going to need you to to explain this, and I know we're running on out of time here, but Basically, does this mean ultimately my lean towards going to getting rid of cable and going to YouTube TV? I know many of you have already gotten rid of cable. I still have cable. I still have cable. I still have Xfinity. Um, The internet is great. We never have any issues with the internet. Uh, But I've been thinking for a while about just bailing on Xfinity and just going to YouTube TV or keeping Xfinity for internet and going to YouTube. Is Is this a new direction for me to consider or not? Yeah, so what it will, it'll have bundled ESPN, ESPN2, ESPNU, SEC Network, ACC Network, ESPN News, ABC Fox, FS1, FS2, didn't know there was an FS2, Big Ten Network, TNT, TBS, True TV, and ESPN+. Plus. It can also be bundled with Disney+, Plus, Hulu, and or Max, which is essentially everything but NBC, so it's basically cable and CBS. All right. How do you not know there's an FS2? Being a college football FS2. guy and yeah. a better, how do you not know? I watch hey, FS1, man, we got to get to FS2. I, I've never been like, oh, I got to throw on FS2. You know what FS2 is, is great for is the beginnings of games when FS1 games are running over uh, the start time. All right, <laughs> John Kime next. Kevin Sheehan Show, the Team 980. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives. Streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 